Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top, man. These boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops is super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been first fiddled it in. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so David and light. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the melee, alright? De- David delight. De- David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with our position and player profiles. We're going to continue inside the SEC, and we're going to tackle the wide receiver position. As always, I am joined with my partner in crime here, Stoops. How are you today? I am doing great. I'm excited to obviously continue on with the SEC, especially the guys that... uh, we're going to be talking about specifically and just, you know, diving a little bit deeper, getting some information out there, some stats, some, some not behind the scenes knowledge, but you know, just some other stuff out there in our own, own opinion. So definitely excited to to continue this trend that we've been going on. I think one of my favorite things is, is when we do the poll, obviously this week you took mm-hmm. control, you decided to let you throw a couple names on there. And when the poll results come in, it's like sometimes I want it to be a guy that I don't that I've never really watched tape on before. Like for me, like whenever Jamie Newman won, I was like, whoa, Jamie Newman won. Like, why? And then like talking, then it was somebody that I never really had dissected before. So it makes it a unique experience from cherry picking. Like this week, I cherry picked a guy that I love a whole lot and like, you know, has huge potential. And then of course the guy you're going to talk about was voted on, somebody that everybody knows about, but maybe you didn't watch so much about him before and you learn new things about these guys but before we do this before we talk about these wide receivers there was big news this week i'm excited to talk about it and hear your thoughts real quick about it jt daniels is heading to georgia five-star prospect what are your initial thoughts obviously he's not eligible to play this year which uh helps him out right now but what are your thoughts so for that reason I'm a, I'm a fan of it, right? I didn't know that, or if it had came out and it was official that he can't play this year, I know there was talks of that being, being the case, Mm -hmm. but if that is the case, I actually like the move a little bit more. Um, and I'm never against a QB battle, right? I I love to see that. I I just, the, the best talent, you know, typically will come out on top of that. So, um, but for his sake and for really Georgia's sake, if you think about it, um, it, it would almost be better if he, doesn't um get to play this year i know he's a competitor right he doesn't want to have to deal with that but think about it he's obviously had plenty of time to recover from the injury but imagine having that much more time right getting used to the georgia offense um you're still going to be at practices you're still going to be at all these these events you're just not going to be able to play in the game right 
which is where a lot of that experience will come from, especially going to the, to the SEC. Um, but I like the move. I, I do. Um, even when he comes back in next year, um, he's obviously, unless, well, I say he'll be the starter, right? They did get that five-star recruit coming in, so he'll actually still have a QB battle. Um, I think he'll get the job, right? I think experience will will outweigh the, you know, the five star prospect coming in. But um, I'm a fan of it. He's still going to have some top notch talent. It's Georgia, right? You know, they they continue to recruit. They they've got guys on the team already that will be there that are young. So I'm excited for him. I think it's a good landing spot. Um, I, I was wondering, you know, one, when would we see it, and two, where would he have gone? Because it's it's just one of those where there's plenty of programs around the country that need a quarterback. But yep. is he going to go to one of those programs that maybe not? I don't want to say lesser known, but they're not a Georgia level or they're not a whoever even level, a you USC know what I mean? level. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah, they're not yeah. to that level. So it would have been interesting to see if he went somewhere of a smaller caliber school, not necessarily super super small. But uh, no, I, I'm a fan of it. I like it. Um, I think it does again help the program out a little bit more than uh, Daniels as far as that's the time to sit but it doesn't hurt Daniels either. So more recovery time for the knee, which he's probably fine to go now, but a little bit more recovery time, a little bit more time to uh, learn the offense, you know, uh, learn the playbooks and just kind of the schemes and everything. So I think it could do him a lot of good. I agree hundred percent. Like when I first heard about it, I was like, Oh God, Jamie Newman might not be the starter. Like, yeah. I mean, JT Daniels is, is a, as a damn good prospect, you know what I mean? He's a five-star mm-hmm. prospect for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think this is a great haul for Georgia. Um, I do think that, he could benefit from basically being one and done. You know what I mean? I think that yeah. after, well, obviously after this year, heading, looking ahead at 2021, I think with that being said, I think he has the opportunity to get that job because he's going to be one and done. And you would think that he would have had to have had that conversation, right? You know yeah. what I mean? You have to have that com- that conversation with like, Hey, if I come here, I'm going to be the guy next year. Right. You know what I mean? Like you have to have those conversations, especially as a recruit, especially as a five-star guy, especially as a guy that probably had a line of line of suitors wrapped around the door with him. You have to understand this guy. The only reason he's not the starting quarterback for USC is because of what Keaton Slavis did, not to mention Keaton Slavis on this podcast again, but I'm just saying that's the only reason, right? He got hurt. I mean, well, he got hurt. That's the biggest reason why, Slavis came in and kind of took that job away from him. But at the same time, Slavis is and did what he did. And then, of course, now JT Daniels. I like the move. I think it's great. And we're going to pivot on to the SEC wide receivers. So we had a poll this week with Stoops, who he was going to talk about. And a guy with 60% of the votes won the poll. Who was that, Mr. Stoops? Yeah, that's, that was Jalen Waddell. Um, when we do these polls, obviously – we want to put some names on there. I'm granted all three of the names that we put on there. Everyone's heard of, right? Everyone has heard of them in some fashion, but we want to put at least one guy on there that I would have to assume that probably 90% of the, the Debbie community, if not more has heard of. So yeah, Jalen Waddles, the one that won pretty convincingly. I had to put Jamon Osmond though, right? I had to put him on there as an option. Of course he finished third, but that's okay. So Jalen Waddle, four-star prospect um, coming out of high school. He was the 39th-ranked player in his class, the fifth-ranked receiver, and the number three-ranked player in Texas. He is um, only 5'10", 182, so he's definitely not your your prototypical, you know, 6'4 and up, you know, receiver, big-size guy. Um, but he still can get those 50-50 balls. That's something I really noticed when I was watching the the film. Now, obviously, he did not see the uh, the field nearly as much as some of the other guys on that team. But he's definitely able to still win those 50-50 balls and just make plays when the ball is in his hands. While looking into it a little bit more and, um, you know, the recruiting process necessarily, 
it broke my heart again. I said this about Travis Etienne, right? And I know different conference, different position, but he was going to go to A&M, right? It was, it was almost all but said, and then he didn't. Jalen Waddell, everyone said, man, he's going to A&M. He's going to go. And then he didn't. So here we are, right? We got to face him every year and tears us up every single year. No, but he's a phenomenal talent. Um, and again, I always say this, right? When a prospect, if he goes to a different school, does he do the same stuff? We don't know. But out at Alabama, he was definitely um, a, a phenomenal talent, right? Um, he was technically, if you want to put it in terms of the fourth option on that team, which is absolutely absurd. Top two guys, or in some people's eyes, the top two guys are now gone, right? Um, Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy are both gone. They're both in the NFL, so it leaves him and um, leaves Waddle and Smith. But when you look at Waddle's stats from last year, he only saw 39 targets and 33 receptions, which is a good catch rate, 84.6% there. He had 560 receiving yards and six touchdowns, only counted for 13 first downs. So he definitely wasn't on the field nearly as much as what we're going to see this year, right? He's going to see a huge, huge jump. In, in targets and just playing time um, outside of kick returns and punt returns. And I'll get to that a little, that in a little bit. But when you look at it, Jerry Judy had 105 targets. Henry Ruggs had 55 targets. So you're looking at what, 160 vacant targets? Like Ooh. that's, and it's not all going to him, obviously. Smith's going to see a huge chunk of it. Harris is going to see a huge chunk of it on top of the other talent they've got on that team. But the fact that that, that many targets will be vacant is is just a phenomenal thing to see. So I think Waddle's going to really, really showcase his true abilities on the field. You're going to see it way more often. Um, so I absolutely love seeing that. And you're talking about receiving yards. We're talking, I don't quick math, over 1,800 um, receiving yards that will be available in 17 touchdowns. And that's the biggest thing. And I told you off air. So it was kind of known. Like I've kind of grown a little bit more on rugs. Once we see landing spot, like my, my views have kind of changed. But in the, the, the draft process, I just I wasn't a big fan of Rugs. Yes, he's a speed guy. Yes, he's able to make some catches in the play after the you know when the ball's in his hands, play after catch. But I wasn't a big fan. Jalen Waddles, like I said, he saw where am I at? I'm scrolling and losing stuff. So 39 targets last year, 39 receptions. Henry Ruggs, who was on the field considerably more, only had 55 targets and 40 receptions. So he only caught seven more passes on was that 16 more targets. And only had about 160 more receiving yards and only one more touchdown. So for me, like that's kind of playing into my thought process on why I'm now a little bit bigger a fan of Waddle than I am Ruggs, albeit they might be playing the same type of role in that offense coming up this year for Waddle. But I just love Waddle. Um, man, I, I watched the clips for the Auburn game and he just tore Auburn up. He had four targets, four receptions, um, 98 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. Three receiving touchdowns on four catches. That's just absolutely phenomenal. And then you go to the flip side of it. Like I said, he is, an, in my eyes, he is an absolute elite punt returner and kick returner. His speed, his agility, his way, his abilities just to make people miss. He's just so slippery, right? And I just love seeing that. He had 132 return yards and a return touchdown in that Auburn game. So you're talking he had over 200 and some odd, you know, total yards and four touchdowns against Auburn. It's just that's something phenomenal. That that is going to get him onto the field essentially immediately in the NFL. Will he be on the field, you know, pass catching role, running routes? Sure, he'll be out there doing that, but it's not going to be, I don't think, a huge, huge role for him in the beginning. 
but punt returns, kick returns, you got to think day one. He's the guy, right? He's going to be one of the guys back there doing that. So we've said it so many times, right? That isn't, I don't want to call it an easy way because it's definitely not an easy, you know, thing to master, but it's a way to get you onto the field, show your abilities, and then it just kind of blossoms from there. So we love seeing that. When you look at the games from 2019, seven of his 13 games, he had a 100% catch rate. When you look at it for the whole season, like I said, it was 84.6. So you rounded up 85%. He caught caught those passes. So seven of his 13 games where he caught 100% of his passes is just a phenomenal number. I love seeing that. Um, he hasn't really been a huge red zone guy. I mean, you look at it. He hasn't been on the field a whole lot. Being 5'10", you don't typically think of them as as red zone red zone threats, right? But he had six targets in 2019, five catches um, for 29 yards and a touchdown. The one play that always sticks out in my mind, and I don't believe this was in the red zone, um, but it was against, of course, A and M, right? They gave it to him on a, um, I believe it was a little short out route. It wasn't anything, you know, crazy, but he beat the guys, and he was just zipping through everyone, and then he ran it in for a touchdown. I think it was a little bit further than that, the 29 yards, obviously, but um, it, or anyway. It was just a phenomenal play, and I absolutely loved seeing that from him, except it being against AM. But um, when you look at his touches by yardage, he had zero plays go for negative yards, which is actually a phenomenal thing. And, and I posted that video um yesterday where he he was against Arkansas, um, caught the caught the ball on a wide receiver screen, and then basically he ran back five yards, made four people miss, and then he just uses his speed, made the same guy miss another time. And then he just gained 20 yards out of the play. So it's like one of the guys that responded basically talked about how he doesn't, he's a coach. He doesn't like that play. Never like someone to go, you know, run five yards negative, which I get it, right? That is something you typically don't want to see. But when you're on the field, you see it differently, you know, than, than what a coach does on the sidelines. Again, you are going to coach someone. Don't run backwards. I get it. But when you know your abilities and you know what you're able to do and you see the field, four guys are right there in front of you, right? make a miss. And at that point, that's four of the 11 guys out of the picture. So it's just one of those things. And you've still got your blockers in front of you. So I absolutely love seeing that, but yeah, zero plays go for negative yards. Um, but altogether eight yards or more, he had 24 touches. That's 70.6% of his total touches that went for eight yards or more. That's definitely a number I love seeing. And I think that's going to increase this year. I, I think it's still going to stick close to that probably 70% mark might drop a little bit because they'll see some more touches, but I think he's going to continue that pace. 21 yards or more he had 11 touches that's 32.4 percent and five of those 11 went for touchdowns so he's definitely a big play guy he is definitely using his speed and a lot of those aren't even necessarily deep passes it's just his ability for plays after the catch right he may catch the ball on a five yard route um 10 yard route even whatever you want to call it but he's just using his speed he's using his elusiveness to get those big plays and get those touchdowns so definitely love seeing that as far as scrimmage yard distribution, he was only at 8.5%. But when you look at it, Harris, Smith, Judy, um, Ruggs, right? And the list just keeps going on. They had other guys that were jumping in and getting some yardage too. So that it's just a loaded offense, and it's always going to be. Dominator rating, he was at a 12.4% this past season. So it's definitely lower. Like You like seeing about a 20% mark there. But again, look at what's around him. So for him to still put up a 12.4%, like that's that's a number that I'm, I'm happy to see, and I know it's going to increase this year. He just he's just a talent that I'm a big, big fan of. And like you said, I, I hadn't watched much film on him in depth necessarily. I've watched the Alabama games. I've seen him play. So I knew his abilities and I knew what he was capable of. But to just watch it a little bit more in depth, he's got strong hands, right? I mean, you look at it with his catch rate. It, it, it's a phenomenal rate there. And I think that's going to stick pretty close to that, that area there. So loved seeing that. 
uh, he wins the 50, 50 balls, you know, and that's, and like I said, being a five ten guy, it just shows your, your vertical ability. So I think he's, he's definitely someone that can get that done. Um, he, he, I mean, one of the clips, I honestly don't remember the game, but it was a 50, 50 ball in the end zone, um, on a deeper pass and he just jumps over the guy and makes the play. So it's, he's an, he's an elite talent, right? I mean, I just loved what I saw from him. Um, I just hope he he doesn't do much against AM this year, but we'll see. <laughs> um, no, I, from a Devi aspect of things, I, I just want him to go and ball out, right? I want him to have a phenomenal year. And I, honestly, he's been the one wide receiver um, from Alabama that I've kind of been behind since the start. Because again, the and, and a lot of it comes down to prices, you know, and I know I'm kind of going off of the stats aspect, but whenever you're in these drafts, prices will play a factor, right? Jerry Judy, always expensive. Um, Smith started to gain a lot of traction. He got a little bit more expensive as far as price. Henry Ruggs. So it's kind of like Waddle was that one that people were like, eh, yeah, it's Jalen Waddle. You know, he's the fourth guy. That's when you want to swoop in and get these guys, take the chances on them, you know, have them on your roster, you know, and especially in an Alabama program, big program like that, more often than not, the receivers especially are going to blossom and they're going to become someone. So um, love what I've seen from him. I love what, you know, we're going to see from him, the abilities there. Alabama's going to get him involved big time. Um, just got to see who they're going to have a quarterback. But even honestly, even watching the clips when Mac Jones was the quarterback, Mac Jones did make some throws. I'll give him that. I, I've I've gone on record saying I'm not a huge Mac Jones fan. I think Bryce Young's still going to come in and take over that job just because of his ability all around the field. Um, albeit though, I always talk about experience. Mac Jones has it, so he'll probably be be the starter at the beginning. But Mac Jones made some throws, man. Um, and Jalen Waddle definitely had some phenomenal catches on those throws. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Again, looks as if we're we're starting the schedule on on starting the schedule on time. Um, players are going back to the campuses. They're going to start their voluntary workouts here pretty quick, hopefully. So excited to see what we got this year coming from uh, Mr. Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Uh, just a couple quick thoughts on Waddle as a collective whole. <clears throat> I think Waddle could really break out this year and kind of get ahead of Devonte Smith. I think they have some similar steps in their game, but Devonte St- Smith had a lot of good games last year, but I think that's the one thing that I think that someone like Mac Jones is going to benefit from having Smith, having, having um, uh, Waddle. And then of course, having Najee Harris in the backfield is going to really help him elevate his game. But I love Waddle. I think the talent is astronomically insane and it just isn't a test to this wide receiver class that is absolutely absurd from top to bottom right now. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about this class, <clears throat> I mean, you're talking about 10 guys, I think, off the top of my head that I would really just love to have on my fantasy roster. And I actually got a share of Waddle very, very recently in our uh, Royal Rumble Devi League. I'm very, very excited about. All right. Talk about my guy. Like I said, I had this guy in mind. I think I had him on our – we have a schedule. I've had him on the schedule locked into this spot for uh, – when we made the schedule, I do believe. But Trevon Grimes from Florida, 6'5" which is kind of funny when Stoops and I were talking about it a little <laughs> bit off air, we're talking about two polar opposite ends of the spectrum here. What's up, Jarrett? Um, you know, we go from five ten to six, five Trevon game, six, five two fifteen. He was a four-star prospect. He actually committed to Ohio state and then transferred to Florida. Um, he's the sixth ranked receiver in his class. This guy is athletic. He's a big body receiver. He runs a four, four, eight, uh, 40, which is really fast for guys. Six, five two fifteen. Um, there's a lot to like about him, but I'm going to start off with what's missing from this team. Van Jefferson, Tyree Cleveland, Freddie Swan, all three are gone. 153 targets left on the board, 96 catches over 1,000 yards, seven 
touchdowns. Okay, Grimes, let's talk about the, in my opinion, what I like to call clutchability. We talk about first downs on this app, uh, on this platform a lot. Grimes, 23 of his 33 receptions resulted into first downs in 2019, right? So yards after the catch led the team, uh, was second in the team yards after the catch, 14.3. But yards after contact, 8.2 yards. Again, an impressive stats. 36% of his catches last year went for 14 plus yards. One of which you have seen, there's two different plays that I watched. Two of his touchdowns last year, two of his three were rather impressive to me because you have a six, five guy. They don't always run those little short intermediate routes and then take them to the distance. I saw separate times in two different games where he takes a little dump, a little dump off pass and went 35 yards. The other one was impressive as well because he went 60 plus yards. The thing about it was he outran the entire defense. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Watching this man stride for stride down the sidelines, outrunning these cornerbacks who are just as fast. You know, he's playing SEC level talent here and he took it to the house for a touchdown. I turn on Grimes and the one thing I love, the first three highlights you saw, third down, catch for a first down, third and five, catch for a first down, fourth and 15 against LSU, catch for a first down. This guy was Trask is like security blanket, as I like to think of him as, right? He's clutch on third and medium, third and short, fourth and medium, fourth and short. Eight targets, six catches, six first downs, okay? He's converting at a, at a high, high rate, okay, with being Trask's trust security blanket. As the season progressed last year, you saw him get more and more involved in the game. Now, he wasn't in, involved as much as you would like, but he's going to take over that senior role as the wide receiver on this team. Stoops and I both have talked about, Stoops more than I, Stoops kind of turned me on to Trask, but Trask is about to break out, right? And he started to at the end of last season. Trask is a very good quarterback. He's going to need a go-to receiver, and I think that Grimes is going to be that guy. And I say this because towards the end of the season, you started seeing the trust factor there where Trask would just throw the ball up and he would give Grimes the opportunity to go up and get it. At 6'5", it's very easy to throw it up and let your guy do what he can do best, okay? A, make you look good, and B, make himself look good. And he's coming down with these balls at an alarming rate. And that's because he outmatches, outsizes these guys. Red zone, 17.6% of his catches happened here. Seven catch, seven targets, six catches, two in touchdowns. One in which he made uh, LSU's Christian Fulton just look absolutely foolish at the uh, offensive line. He just made a break, made a turn, cut inside, caught a t- was wide open because of that cut, and Fulton was ended up chasing him down. Um, I think Grimes has the opportunity to see his ability climb up the draft board. He's going to be a red zone threat this year. I think that we're going to see a percentage of his his target ratio. I think he had seven targets in the red zone last year. I think that's going to go to double digits, if not more, because they're going to be a very good team. This team is loaded with ability. This team is loaded with talent. And Grimes is going to be the beneficial factor of this. 11% dominator rating, like Stoop said, it wants to be higher. But he had Van Jefferson, Freddie Swan ahead of him, 18 17%. But the fact of the matter is this, those two guys are gone, right? You know what I mean? You're missing targets. You're missing catches. His ability to catch the ball, he has beautiful hands. He catches away from his body. you got a big body receiver. He likes to catch it here, but he's able to be able to make moves in the air or even just running a simple route. He's able to utilize his hands to make the catch away from his body and then focus on getting the first down or focus on moving down, moving the chains. 
very big proponent on first down. 22 targets, came on first down, 16 catches. I would say this this is something that is impressive for Stoops and I when we talk about guys that are with their 100% catch rate percentage and stuff like that, second, third, and fourth down. He only had four catches where he didn't catch the ball on his targets. You know what I mean? He had 43, I think it was like 43 targets last year, and 21 of them came from second to fourth down. He only had four of those that were not caught. You know what I mean? And who knows what it was? You know what I mean? I looked up the stat. I couldn't find anywhere where he had any drops last season. It's very hard. It's a very hard stat to find, especially in college. NFL, it's so much easier mm -hmm. to find whether a guy drops the ball or not. That's one one stat that I would like to see a lot more of out there because <clears throat> when you're trying to dissect a guy and you're watching his tape, some of these guys, you only get highlight reels, right? You don't always get the game film of some of these guys that aren't as known. They're not a Jameer Chase. They're not a, a you know, Devontae Smith. They're not going to have that full-fledged breakdown that you can watch the game tape of and see what his hands are like. But everything that I've seen from him is absolutely gorgeous. This guy is super talented. I mean, and you're talking about a guy that had 68% of his catches went for eight-plus yards. You know what I mean? And then 94% went from four or more yards. You know what I mean? So he only had two catches that went for three or less yards. That's 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 impressive. Again, we're talking about a guy, 43 targets, not a lot to talk about. Only had 491 yards last year. It's not a lot. But the thing is, somebody's going to step up and he's going to get these stats. And like I said, as the season progressed, it was something that you saw the chemistry between, between Trask. Trask is going to need to rely on his receivers this year. He's going to need to rely on that run game. He's going to need – and the thing about it is he has the gun in order to be able to throw the football. Okay, if you watch the Trask tape, you watch him throw the football down the field. Grimes is that next level talent. Okay. And the thing about it is, is when you're looking at your Debbie, I can list off the names right now, right? You have Chase, you have Ross, you have Surratt, you have Rondell Moore, you have St. Brown, you have Bateman, you have Smith, you have Olive, you have Coxie, you have Waddle. That's just my top 10 that I just threw off the top of my head, right? That's all guys that were in my top 10. And you still have a list of these guys, but you have a Grimes. You know what I mean? A Grimes, he's, he's, he's six five. He's going to catch touchdowns. You're going to win him on your finish. This is the time to get guys like this. This is the Debbie time. You know what I mean? This is the time to draft these guys. This is the time to put the bids up on these guys. It's, it's funny that I say that I don't think I have any shares of Grimes anywhere, but yeah. <laughs> I was outbid everywhere for him. But the thing about it is, is you have the big body receivers. You like them. You want to utilize them. He has the playmaking ability, and he's not just a big body receiver. Like I said, he's got speed. He's very fast for his size. Six, five guys don't run, you know, as fast as obviously a 5'10 does. I mean, it's just science, right? You know what I mean? But whenever you have a guy that is capable of running a, a sub 4'5", 40, that is 6'5", he catches the ball. He's going to get in space. His yards after the catch are impressive. You know, the 8.3 yards after, you know, after catch is insane. You know what I mean? I think it was like fourth or fifth in the SEC. He was ninth in the SEC last year with yards per catch. This year is going to be pivotal for a lot of things going on in Florida. We've talked about this on the show. But at, at, at the rate that you saw him progress with, with his chemistry with Trask, with the amount of open targets, the short and off season, Grimes is he's going to benefit a lot from this relationship with him. Throwing another year in the system with Trask, mixing the length, the game-changing speed, the improving route running process, the big playability, Grimes is going to break out this season. And I don't want you guys to miss out on it because it's going to be insane to watch him progress this year. I'm very excited about, obviously, the season as a collective whole, but I'm very excited about this Florida team. Yeah, the Florida team, I think this year is is going to be one to really watch out for. I think they're going to make, and I, I hate, you know, I'm not trying to do it in this sense, but like I said, like with Burrow and LSU, it was at the end of 
I guess now two seasons ago, where they started making that push. You started seeing things come together. Will Florida have that type of year? Not, I'm not saying that. But at the same time, it's the same transition, right? They're making that push. They're getting that chemistry. They're starting to build things together. I think Florida can be the team that really does. And I don't want to say come out of nowhere because obviously they were ranked, you know, top 10 for a a good amount of of last year. For sure. um, Kind of in and out of it. But it's one of those where they can make that transition. And it's going to start with Trask. You know, the talents around him, it's all there. It's going to start with him. And I went back and looked at it because I bookmarked the tweet because I I wanted to make sure I had it there. January 28th. That's when I sent that tweet out. I'm planting my Trask on um, my flag on Kyle Trask. I'm planting it there. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's just I what I saw at the end of last season and throughout last year, he had those glimpses of greatness, essentially, you know, what we think he can become. So having targets, you know, like Grimes and having um pits there. And it's just and then they got um oh my goodness, the running back that they got Lingard. in. Um yeah, Lingard. Lingard. I mean, he was a five star prospect, if I remember correctly. So it's just was. the talent's there, right? You know, defense is solid. It's just it's there. They just got to get it together you know, have the chemistry and, and, and smooth everything out. So I agree with you. I think this Florida team is going to be one to to really make a run. Um, I I would be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. I'll say that. I agree. I would be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. I think they're going to be the team that makes the SEC championship game um, out of the East. And I just – it's probably going to be Alabama, right? It's, I, I think it's still going to be Alabama from the West. And I, I think Florida is a team that can beat them, you know, and I, yeah. I'd be shocked if they're not in the playoffs. That's, that's, that's how strongly I feel about Trask and the Florida team. And I'm glad that A&M doesn't play them this year. <laughs> the thing about it is, is if you look at the stats last year, okay, so I was looking at Trask's stats as a collective whole, right? Their two losses last year, Georgia, LSU. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. their two losses, right? But the thing about it is, is what, what I like, about Grimes, what I like about Grimes in this offense is, is if you take week five to week 12, they threw the ball over 30 times. Every single game, they threw the ball 30 times. He is going to benefit from this. The three leading risk target guys are gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a lot of talent there. Trask is a very good quarterback, so it's going to get the ball in Grimes' hand, and it's going to be a good season for Grimes. And no matter if we're wrong or right about how it lays out, whether they make the playoffs or not, the stats they're still going to produce, right? It's going to produce at a high, uh, high, high, high level. And I'm very, yeah. I'm just excited about college football. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for football. I need football in my life. Um, I just do, man. It, I'm yeah. excited about it. And and it's going to be interesting to see these guys that we're talking about right now. Are we going to be, t- it, it's, it's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the beginning of last year, we talked about Jake Fromm. We both loved Jake Fromm. And by the end of the season, Jake Fromm was out of our top five. I think yeah. you talked about it. He was your number one. He was my number I think one. He was my two, or he was, I think, it was my two. You know what I mean? So he went from, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's interesting to watch these guys fluctuate. It's exciting to watch them fluctuate because, you know, we plant these guys on our flags. It was just like AGG. I want to know who's going to be our AGG, who's yeah. going to be our Adam Troutman, who's going to be my Anthony Gordon. You know what I mean? And then, of course, you know, who's going to be Joe Cool. But, um, you know, I planted that flag here first, but we'll just talk about that later. So, no. <laughs> but, no, thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Stoops and I are just – we're getting a lot of love lately. And I, I want everybody to understand how much we appreciate it. We really do appreciate it, and, and it's it's been amazing. Make sure to head on over to uh, Twitter and follow Stoops. I, I said this in a in a in a in a Twitter chat, and I and I mean this. 
one of the smartest Debbie minds in the, in the aspect I learned from this guy each and every week and that's stoops and, and don't let it, you know, go to your head or anything like that. But no, I truly do mean that there's a lot that I've learned from him and he's still teaching me a lot in these last, you know, eight months that it, it's been a mind blowing experience and it's been great, but make sure to go over to Twitter, give Stoops a follow at Stoops 1990, give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore, give the show a follow at the Debbie delight. Make sure to join us on Monday. We're going to host another mock draft, uh, uh, mock rookie draft. These are a lot of fun. We almost filled up the one again last week. Mm-hmm. I think we had one slot left. So if you want to get in, contact us as soon as possible because we'll reserve a slot for you because once the end, once, once the invite goes out, man, it, it it starts flooding in really fast. Make sure to get over, head on over to expandtheboxscore.com. Check out all the tools and statistics that you can pick up over there. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Y'all later. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.